Good afternoon, everybody. Good evening. Good morning. Whatever time zone, whatever country it is that you're listening from, this is the Sheridan Show on BasketballNews.com. I'm Chris Sheridan, veteran NBA writer, and I'm pleased to be joined by uh, one of the stalwarts of our business, a guy who has never missed a game uh, since 1989. Uh, by my math, he's called his 2,726th consecutive Atlanta Hawks uh, game today. It was a game one victory on the road in Philadelphia over the Sixers, and I'm pleased to be joined by Steve Holman, joining us from Atlanta. Steve, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on. Thank you, Chris. It's always a pleasure. Well, your impressions of, uh, you know, I, we just had Trey Young come into New York and, and be a great villain against the New York Knicks. Uh, the Hawks took out the Knicks in five, and then today they go out and they knock down 23-pointers. Trey Young just lights it up in the first uh, in the first quarter where Atlanta jumped out to a 42-27 lead, and they played from ahead and held on in the end. Um, you've been around this team all season, Steve. Are you surprised by this, or did you think these guys were going to take game one? Well, I think all it took was to get healthy, pretty much. is uh, You know, that, that was the problem all year. They never got healthy, and they never had a full squad together. Uh, and it was only until the last couple of weeks before the regular season ended uh, that they were healthy. And, and now DeAndre Hunter was out again today. Uh, so we don't know whether he's going to play on Tuesday, but he's been a big part of all this thing when they put it back together. So, and of course, Nate McMillan, I mean, you know, he's been fantastic, phenomenal. Uh, I think they're 33 and 11 now since he took over overall. Uh, and it, he's just been the whole difference because we really had two seasons here. We had a 14 and 20 season. And then when, when Nate took over, you know, we've had the 33 and 11 season. So it's really been a tale of two seasons. And uh, the guys have responded to Nate, especially Trey. Uh, Trey has been able to sacrifice some points for distributing the ball. He's been averaging 10 assists per game through the the, the playoff games. So it, 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 it's I can't say enough about Nate McBell and the job he's done. Yeah, Trey went 11 for 23 overall, four for 11 on threes. He was nine for nine at the line. And, you know, the little things win ball games for you. Atlanta was 20 for 21 at the free throw line in game one. Uh, Philly was 24 for 35. That's 11 missed free throws in a game you lost by four points. Also, Philly went 10 for 29 on three-pointers. That's 19 misses. Um, Atlanta made 23 pointers. They made twice as many. They took 47 of them. And, they, uh, you know, Nate really played his, his starters heavy minutes. Uh, John Collins went 34. Clint Capella, 32. Trey Young played 39, Bogdan Bogdanovich 36. And, uh, it, but at the end, Kevin Hurdle was in the game and Clint Capella was not. And the, the Sixers did make a heck of a charge at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, the Hawks certainly know how to break a press. Every basketball player knows how to break a press, Steve. But uh, why do you think it was that they had problems, uh, you know, just kind of closing this one out in the final two minutes? Well, I, I think it was more of the, you know, Philly was showing some desperation there at the end. I think Doc decided to, you know, try everything he could with some different guys that hadn't been in the game. Uh, and, and, you know, they got very physical too. And the, the, there weren't any calls uh, pretty much made at that down the stretch there. But uh, it, I think it's, it, it's probably the best thing that could have happened to the Hawks was uh, that they didn't win easily because they were up by 26 a couple of times in that game. I think if they had cruised into this win, the way it was going uh, that uh, Nate might've had a hard time to convince them on Tuesday that it was, you know, it was still the semifinals in the playoffs and it might not be as easy as it looks. So at least this way, I think they get some uh, really teachable moments. They get some uh, some things that they can learn from and work on tomorrow at practice and then get ready for that second game on Tuesday. Yeah, and and game two is is Tuesday night and the Hawks are, are going to be an underdog again. And um, 
you know, Steve, since the uh, since PASPA was overturned, the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act, uh, I've covered a little bit of basketball, a little bit of sports gambling. And I know there's not a lot of money coming in on the Hawks to win. And right now they're about 35 to one still to win the NBA championship. But look in your crystal ball. You've been doing this. Uh, you know, you've been on this earth for 66, 67 years. Right. Yeah, you see a championship contender here or you see a flash in the pan that's kind of getting their feet wet for the first time in the playoffs? Well, I, you know, I, I, I think the, the fact that they they made it into the playoffs was a, a step for the young guys that hadn't been in the playoffs before. And I, I almost think they had looked at it as an organization like, well, you know, they can make it into the playoffs. The young guys will get their feet wet, like you say. And uh, they can take that into the summer, into the training camp that'll start October 1st, when hopefully we'll be back to normal again. And, you know, they can take off maybe like a rocket ship going into next season. But right now they're so far ahead of schedule uh, that I really think that, uh, you know, they, they're not afraid of anything. That's, that's what impresses me. I mean, we've got veterans on the team that have been there. Danilo Gallinari's been there and Lou Williams has been there and Capella's been in a lot of playoff games, but uh, the young guys have, have really taken to Nate McMillan's coaching about this. And uh, they feel as though they're, they're not afraid of playing anywhere or anybody. Uh, and it showed again today because every time the Sixers would make a run, uh, even when the Hawks were way in front, if the Sixers got it down to say 15, the Hawks would bring it back to 22 again. And it's like they respond every time. And uh, Trey is fearless. Uh, a guy like Kevin Herter, who, you know, has been in the league three years now, but not a lot of people have ever talked about. He can make threes. He's been great on defense for the Hawks. He's gets his hands in there, steals balls all the time. Uh, and Capella, who was a steal, uh, you know, I think he's an X factor here in the, in the playoffs. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they've got home court advantage again. Our, our crowds in Atlanta have been really fantastic. We had standing room only against the Knicks when everybody thought, well, you know, it's going to be a half Knicks crowd, half Hawks crowd at the games in Atlanta, but turned out uh, the Hawks fans were, were out in great numbers and they drowned out the, the New York people that have moved here to Atlanta over the years. So uh, I think they're fearless. And, and, and as long as it keeps going, I don't think they're afraid of anybody. Yeah, they, they definitely have some swagger. Trey Young shushed the crowd in New York. And it, he was, a, again, he was a great villain. Bogdan Bogdanovich said he shushed the crowd in Philly. He put his hands, fingers to his lips. Yeah. <laughs> quiet, because that was a big three he hit uh, late in the fourth quarter. Um, Steve, you've been co- covering the Hawks and broadcasting Hawks games for a long time. You, you broadcast Dominique Wilkins' games, and, and now you're watching a, a, another young player who's just becoming a superstar in front of our eyes, and Trey Young. How would you compare the two of those guys? Well, they both have uh, have the, the superstar quality, and, and I think Trey – uh, you know, we knew he had it, uh, but I think right before our eyes now in these playoffs, we're seeing it, uh, that he's become a, a genuine superstar. And the things that he's done in his fourth, in, in his first four playoff games have been unbelievable. So uh, this is, he's exactly what this town needed. Uh, you know, he's the biggest thing we've had since Dominique and Hawks fans have embraced him and embraced this team. Uh, it's a likable team. It's a team that uh, the fans seem to really enjoy. And the players, I think, especially under Nate McMillan since he took over, they have great chemistry. They, they really seem to enjoy each other. Uh, and you know how that important is, Chris, in, the, in this whole thing, chemistry. And they've got it right now. They've got it going. And, 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 and our fans in Atlanta are, are, have, have really taken to the team. I mean, I live in a, a suburb, you know, 35, 40 minutes away from, from Atlanta. And when I'm out taking my morning walk or, or out walking my dog, Gowdy, named after Kurt Gowdy, of course, um, 
you know, people are saying, rolling down the window saying, go Hawks, let's go. You know, uh, and these are people I didn't even know were, were basketball fans. So uh, they, they've taken to the team. That's for sure. And uh, again, he's Steve Holman. You can follow him on Twitter. He's uh, at Real Voice of Hawk on Twitter. You can follow me at Sheridan Hoops on Twitter. And uh, Steve, you know, you mentioned Kirk Gowdy, who's a guy who I grew up watching Kirk Gowdy call pretty much every sport uh, there was. Uh, you grew up in Massachusetts and you got your break when Johnny Most, who was the original voice of the Celtics, lost his voice uh, on the air. And uh, all of a sudden you had to step in. Would you mind telling that story? It's a great story. I've heard it before, but I'd, I'd love you. I'd love our listeners to kind of be able to hear how you got your break in the business. Sure. Well, you know, it all started with Kurt Gowdy. I mean, that's why I named my dog Gowdy, because uh, I started to work at Kurt Gowdy's radio station in my hometown, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Uh, I was in high school. They let me go in there and practice days. And uh, then eventually they put me on weekends. And I think it was 1971 that uh, around Thanksgiving. And uh, the first thing I did when I got the job there was to go get a pass in Boston at the Celtics games because I had grown up listening to Johnny, wanted to be Johnny most. And uh, I worked up the courage to meet him and talk to him. And he eventually let me keep score for him. And I got his English oval cigarettes for him. Uh, so that, that was how I started with him. And then, uh, he lost his voice in the middle of a game in 1976. It was a game against the Denver Nuggets, Dan Issel and all those guys. And uh, he he lost his voice in the start of the third quarter. And he had a stick bike and he just said, and, uh, I'm having some voice problems. And uh, now Steve's going to do the rest of the game. And he handed me the microphone. I was 22 years old. Uh, it was WBZ, you know, 50,000 watts. Uh, heard in 36 states in Canada and, uh, I had listened to to them all, you know, for so long that I knew all of the taglines and everything else. So uh, it, it was something that I kind of prepared for. But once it was over, it was like, oh, my goodness, what happened? You know, <laughs> uh, you, you always got to stay ready. That's what the coaches tell the players to stay ready, be ready. Even the, the 12th man on the roster got to be ready. You really never know when you're going to be called on. And it, it's a it's a terrific story. And I, I appreciate you sharing it, Steve. You've been uh a fixture in, uh, on the Atlanta radio scene since 1980, doing Falcons football, uh, chief soccer, um, been honored by the Associated Press, a place I used to work for. Um, what's your kind of quintessential best moment of this season so far? Um, was it was it a, a victory over the Knicks in the first round? Was it maybe today's game? Um, but what's if you had to pick out one moment that sort of sums up what this year has been like for the Hawks, what, what would you pick out? I think it might've been that game one win against the Knicks when Trey hit that shot right at the end with, uh, you know, one Oh seven, one Oh five win and a game that could have gone either way. And, uh, you know, just to see, uh, Trey react that way. And our, our, our players react that way. And, uh, you know, disappoint the New York crowd a little bit. I thought that was a, a great moment. And, you know, there, there were several during the year, some game winners, uh, it's always fun to call. If you get to ever do play-by-play, -play, uh, you know, the one thing you want to do doing play-by-play -play is to call game winners at the buzzer. And we had a few of those this year. And really, you know, I've done this 36 years with the Hawks now. And, you know, there are only a handful, maybe maybe a dozen games over the course of that amount of time that you get to call a game winner. And we've had a couple this year. And uh, that's, the, that's the fun part of it for me. And uh, I, I think because this is such a young team, they make me feel young again. And uh, I think it's, it, it, that was, that was to me was the biggest. And today the win over Philadelphia too, in game one in the semifinals. And I guess the satisfaction is that, you know, when uh, you look on the ESPN so-called experts, uh, they 16 people pick and 14 pick the Knicks. And then 
Now 14 people have picked the Philadelphia 76ers to win, <laughs> you know, and you could take the satisfaction of, of, of seeing this young team grow before our eyes. Yeah, and Hubie Brown was talking about it on TV that a, a lot of people aren't familiar with the Hawks because they had so few appearances on Turner and on ESPN. But they, they're well-known well around the Southwest. Uh, Fox Sports puts them on all the time. And Trey Young's uh, was – Hubie was relating the story about Trey Young. He said, all my – you know, I was used to playing on TV when I played at Oklahoma. <laughs> Every game was on TV in Oklahoma. If it's not Oklahoma, it's Oklahoma State. And I think what people are starting to see is that Trey Young is up for this uh, experience. He's a gamer, uh, and he, he's not – he. He almost plays better on the road than at home. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he lo- he, he feeds off of that. He loves that. He, he loved the whole New York thing, and you know the fact that he he took the bow in New York at the end of the uh, at the end of the series when he hit that three, and uh, he had the great answer I thought for the writers there when he said, you know, look, I know what happens here. Broadway shows. This is what they do at the end of the show. They bow, and he did. And uh, I thought it was a terrific answer. And I love the way Clint Capella, the game before that, kind of took the pressure off trade, became the villain himself, uh, you know, and, and he responded with 14, 15 and a couple of blocks. And uh, so the, the, they all kind of, they, they all move together, I think. And that's, that's one of their slow, it's, believe is Nate McMillan's thing. That's what they have on their warm up jerseys. And the other one is we move. That's Trey's kind of thing that he puts the hashtag on all of his, uh, all of his tweets and everything. Mm-hmm. And they do move and they, you know, they're, they're making believers out of a lot of people. So let's get a little ahead of ourselves here. Let's say they're able to, to win game two and take this series uh, fairly quickly against uh, Philadelphia. They've got what it takes to, to play with the Brooklyn Nets when, when the Nets are at full strength. Well, yeah, I, you know, early in the season when we were healthy, the first three or four games, we played them twice in Brooklyn. The Hawks won one and just barely lost the other one. And if, if you remember back, uh, that was when Steve Nash uh, famously said, that's not basketball, when Trey was drawing a bunch of fouls in, in those two games. And that kind of changed the whole narrative uh, after that with officials, I thought, with the uh, rest of the league. Uh, they kind of caught on with that. That's not basketball uh, because Steve Nash had said it. So it took a lot for Trey to overcome that. And I think that was one of the big reasons he didn't make the all-star team. He had the numbers for it. Uh, he, you know, he had better numbers than some of the All-Stars. But I think that whole that whole thing early in the year was something that he had to grow from and and, and actually helped him, I think, in the long run, the fact that uh, Steve Nash did that and called him out that way and uh, and made it tougher for him. But then he, he you know, he, he gained a lot of uh, experience from that, and I think that's helped him now. I'd, I'd love to see him back in Brooklyn and – you know, it'd be a great thing to remind everybody about. That's not basketball because you're right. That did make a lot of waves. And, um, but it would give, let's say that the Hawks and Nets both advanced past the second round and that's our Eastern conference finals. That would give Trey young a, another chance to perform in New York. And they have theaters in Brooklyn too. He can take a bath. Yeah. He can <laughs> knock them off. Uh, just again, he's Steve Holman. He's the voice of the Hawks. Uh, and he's been doing this since he was, uh, 17 years old calling, uh, broadcasting sports, broadcasting basketball. And, Steve, I just want to close. What's the secret? I mean, damn, 2,726 consecutive games. You know, that's Lou Gehrig material. What, do you, what, do you, what are they putting in the water down there? In, uh... <laughs> I think it's just the fact that, uh, you know, I, I, I love my job and, you know, I love to show up every night. Uh, my dad was a draftsman up in Massachusetts, and 
he hated what he did for a living, but he showed up every day and he kind of instilled that in me to go to work every day. And uh, so I figure if he hated his job and showed up every day and I love my job, there's, so uh, there's no reason for me not to show up every day. And I've done games sick. I've done, you know, games that I probably shouldn't have done, but uh, been able to fight through it. And I just love it every day. I mean, it's, I just look at every game as a brand new game and, uh, uh, you know, everybody's zero and zero when the game starts. And uh, even when we were struggling and, you know, not winning many games, we had a 13 win season not too long ago, uh, the first year that Al Horford was here and those guys and uh, built that way back into the playoffs. And that's the way I've always looked at it. It's just, uh, you know, it, it's just such a great job to have that you, you want to look at it every night and, uh, you know, I, I, and the other thing is I think people are listening to us uh, to get away from some of their own problems. So why should I tell them about my problems or, you know, uh, that we're not winning, you know, too bad, you know, that's uh, so we're, we're, we're entertainers. And I learned that from Johnny most and uh, you know, the good guys against the bad guys. And uh, that's the part I really like about it. That's why we don't cover news when we cover sports. It's not life and death. It's just fun and games. Everybody, right. anybody who's been in the journalism business can kind of appreciate that. Uh, Steve, I want to thank you again for, for joining me. Uh, I'm Chris Sheridan. I'm Sheridan Hoops on Twitter, at Sheridan Hoops. He's Steve Holman. He's at Voice Real Voice of Hawk on Twitter. And I, I would invite all of our listeners to check out basketballnews.com. Uh, we have one of the best teams out there with – Everybody from Rex Chapman to James Posey, Alex Kennedy, Spencer Davies, my producer, Brian Fritz. Uh, he lost his Lakers, but uh, he's got the Clippers to keep him interested uh, this afternoon. He does a show called Keeping It 94 with Spencer Davies. Uh, you're going to get more quality basketball coverage on NBA coverage on basketballnews.com than you're going to get on some of the bigger networks. And uh, we're not afraid to to pick teams like the Hawks if we, uh, we feel like they're going to – that's the flavor of the year, you know. Last year it was the Heat, and I, like I was saying, to everybody, man, this team can beat Milwaukee. They they just beat them, you know. They beat them during the regular season. They're the only team that can play with them. Right now, we got a guy in Trey Young who is seizing the stage, and um, it's really it's fun to see a guy kind of light up the NBA, who a lot of people have never seen. And Steve, I'm I'm kind of jealous that you get to see him, uh, you know, as, as much as you do. I guess this is Game 78 today. And there's a, there's a bunch more to come, at least four more for the Hawks, but probably a lot more. So, uh, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, another shout-out to my producer, Brian Fritz, always available at the right time, right place. And uh, we'll see you Tuesday night uh, calling the game from uh, from Philadelphia. And, Steve, again, thanks for coming on the show. All right, Chris, thank you. Anytime. All right, and that's a wrap, folks. Uh, we'll be back at you with another great guest sooner rather than later. And with that, we're over and out.